Hello, hello, it's Joy Foster. I'm the founder of Tech Pixies, and I'm so excited to be here with Laura Fox. She was one of the first employees at LinkedIn in the United Kingdom and went on to lead one of their UK sales teams. Uh, it is such a pleasure to have you here, Laura, and um, I know we have lots of questions for you, so I'm ready to get right in. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Well, first of all, I think your story is incredible. Um, you were one of the first employees at LinkedIn. You worked your way all the way up to the sales teams uh, and you led one of the sales teams. Um, tell us about that experience. What was that like working for LinkedIn and going through all those changes as they were acquired by Microsoft, et cetera? Yeah, it was incredible. I feel extremely lucky to have had the opportunity to join them in 2011. My background before that was I'd spent 11 years working in, you know, small size, small to medium sized marketing and advertising agencies, working with talent teams at big companies. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love the talent space. But LinkedIn was the only thing that I'd seen for years that was really changing the recruitment landscape. There'd been no other big innovations in that space than probably since Monster, the job board came along, that everything that LinkedIn did in, in the UK, like every talk that they did when they first were opening, I went to it. So I was extremely like grateful to be given the opportunity when they were looking for somebody with just my skill set to join. I love that though. That's really important what you just said. So, um, and I, gosh, I've totally forgot about Monster. I mean, I don't even know, does it exist anymore? I think it still does, but still does. It's gone. It's gone downhill, apparently. No, but what what I find interesting about what you just said is that you were going to the LinkedIn events. You were known by the LinkedIn team, so when a job opened up, they were able to offer it to you. Yeah, I think that speaks to the power of networking and getting out and being being in the same place that all the companies that you might potentially want to work for are hanging out. Totally, totally. I mean, yeah, I just thought LinkedIn was incredibly different in terms of the sort of stuff that we've been talking to clients about for years and so they were trying to they, we knew they were opening in london so they were trying to influence the uh, uk corporate market so they were holding like lunch events and you know training events so people could understand what their offer was and if ever there was an opportunity for somebody in the agency to go i was like me i'll go i'll go um, actually, I think I became a bit of a pain for them because sometimes they would try and get my clients to spend a lot of money and I would kind of be there trying to get in the middle. Um, but yeah, when it came to them hiring for exactly somebody uh, with my skill set, they knew me and they came to me and yeah, I was, I think I was just in the right place. It was just an, an awesome opportunity. And I, I think I thought about it when I got the offer for like 24 hours, like, what am I even thinking about? This is perfect. And it actually... It led, after 11 wonderful years on the agency side, it was the most transformational time of my career that I ever expected to have had. Just in terms of the learning opportunities, being exposed to incredibly smart people, having a game-changing product, the global uh, remit to travel and to work with people um, in every single market in the world. Um, yeah, it was, it was a game changing kind of time in my career. I was very, very lucky. And I was there pre IPO just, and then saw the journey through to the acquisition with Microsoft, which at the time was the largest private acquisition, 26 billion. It was pretty special. 
Well, that's really incredible. I mean, to just go back to that, where you started out in an agency and then you had these networking opportunities and then you ended up working for them and then you ended up leading their sales team. I think that speaks to the opportunity that exists for women actually in tech companies. It's, you know, in a way it's about being in the right place at the right time, having the curiosity um, that is required to move up the ranks. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting that you, you went from probably what was, um, not a sales role into a sales role and uh, you were able to make that work for you and and keep growing and changing. So I think it speaks a lot to um, taking opportunity and educating yourself and being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And I, you know, in terms of, so I, I started out in like an internal education role, like training our sales guys about how to build brands online and then realized that there was, you know, I was, there was an opportunity in sales basically to, to earn a lot more money and to kind of take ownership of the work that I was doing. But for me, sales was a bit of a dirty word. Like I'd never been a quota carrying salesperson before. I'd never considered myself. Everyone was like, but you are selling. This is what you're doing already. But it was a very, the first six months. So, you, you know, I moved into the sales role and I was given a quota and a, quite a hefty quota, you know, a couple of million with a really aggressive growth target. No, it was a total disaster. I basically bombed for the first six months. I missed all my targets. I was trying to fit myself into this kind of formula of what I thought a salesperson should be with absolutely no structured sales experience in my life and was realizing, and I just was failing miserably. I didn't hit any of my numbers and I thought, oh my God, I just thought I was embarrassed because I'd had a good reputation within the business and people had put faith in me moving into that role. And I took, had to take stock six months in. I spoke to lots of different people within the organization and I was told lots of very inspiring stories about people who had pulled themselves out of the trenches. And I realized what I was doing was wasn't being authentic. I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. And actually all I needed to do was go back to Laura who talked to clients about LinkedIn, who talked to clients about how to make LinkedIn work for them successfully. And then after that, everything fit into the place. And I think in the second half of that year, I did six months of an annual revenue in six months and ended wow. up actually smashing my target and making what we called club, which was our high achievers um, group went on a fabulous five-star holiday. So it, and it all went, swimmingly from that point on but I had massive imposter syndrome I love that though I love that you had imposter syndrome I love that you failed uh, and I love that you figured it out you know and I think sales really I mean I think women it's true sales roles are paid better than marketing roles because that's where the the real ROI is if you will marketing is very often about brand awareness and then sales that's why you know when we, we do a lot of social media management training and one of the things we say is if you start with social media management, that's great, but then you need to work into consulting and training and you need to educate, educate yourself about ads because actually that's where the ROI is, which is effectively where the sales are online. If you were to do you know, direct sales you, online, that's, that's your paid advertising side. But interestingly enough, there is, a, there, is, there is a method behind it and it is what you said. It's all about relationships and women are brilliant at relationships. And there's, there's I mean, there some of the best salespeople I have ever met have been women. Um, and a big part of that has to do with passion and, you know, um, loyalty and relationships. And I think, you know, it's, it shows that you were able to transition into that, but I love that it didn't work out. I, I often talk, I'm very open about what happened with Tech Pixies as well. 
and I raised um, I raised investment because we knew that we needed to go online in order to scale and you know become sustainable and profitable. And the first six months, I missed every single target that I had set out as well. And um, I just realized I didn't know how to do what I didn't know how to do, and I had to go learn how to do it. Did you have a mentor or someone who helped you? Um, you know, kind of discover the authenticity part, or was that just you? Did you figure that out? No, I definitely didn't figure it out on my own. So I had an incredible um, leader, incredible manager, um, a guy called Chris Brown at LinkedIn, who is now running the Canadian operation. He's amazing. And I had other, I'd say, sponsors from across the business who were incredibly supportive that I would go to and talk to about different things, both within the sales function and without, outside. And I also had a mentor outside of the business. So I'd actually asked one of my clients who was the CEO of, of one of my client's businesses if he would mentor me because I found him a really inspiring guy. He had 35 years experience to my 20 and um, I just really connected with him. Like he was very interested in the tech sector. He worked in a completely different you know, business. And so I had mentors both within and outside of the business and they definitely helped me through. Yeah, I think that's so important. And that's basically what I did too. I went and I, I found people who knew how to do what I wanted to do and I learned from them. And in some cases I had to pay for it, but it was a hundred percent worth it. So I do think investing in mentorship, whether it's time or money um, is really important when you are, when you finally do know what you want to do, you know, you wanted to be successful at that sales role. So you, you sought out people who would help you do that. So you're not at LinkedIn anymore. You uh, took a year, you traveled around Europe. Um, unfortunately, there were some things that happened that brought you back, but you're here now. And, um, and you, you've, you've kind of organically set up your own freelancing company. So you're set up as a sole proprietor. And we're talking a lot about that in the month of March. We're talking about setting up your own business, becoming a freelancer, or maybe not becoming a freelancer, going and working first. Of course, our opinion at TechPixies is if you've had a big break and you haven't been in the network, networking with people and connecting with people, it's better to go back to work rather than go out and set up as a freelancer, but you're in a position where you had a lot of really great relationships. You've had this wonderful career and you haven't really had that much time out and you're basically leveraging those. But another thing that happened, and this is how I met you, was you are in the uh, Careering Into Motherhood um, Facebook group, which we recommend women get into if they're looking to go back to work after a career break, because there's so much great advice in there. And you are so useful and helpful. I see all the people you write back to and you always reply if people have questions. So lots of people are asking questions about LinkedIn and you've got a whole stream of, um, of clients, but um, some are bigger than others, but you have started to work uh, I believe with women who want to return to work and want to leverage LinkedIn in order to do that. Well, that's my passion. That's where this all started. Actually, that's how my business began. So when I was traveling with my young family and my husband, I didn't know exactly what I would, what I would end up doing when I came back to work, when I was back in, Europe, in the UK, but it just organically happened that people started asking me to, for my LinkedIn kind of experience. And a big area was women who were getting back into work were asking me, how do they use LinkedIn? And I joined uh, Careering Into Motherhood and one or two other groups. And I just saw a huge need, basically, for a better understanding of how to use LinkedIn. Because I think there's a huge um, misconception that it's complicated or difficult. And I basically want to be there to kind of be a myth buster and actually say that, no, it's, it's not complicated. It's not difficult. My passion is helping women find their next step and the next career move. Unfortunately, I can't dedicate all my time to that because 
what pays the bills are the large corporates who, who want my LinkedIn marketing strategy. But actually what I love doing, and directly before I joined you on this um, chat, I was helping a woman exactly that, uh, in, in, in that context who's been working for a very large, um, well-known bank for 15 years. And for one reason or another, she's, she's moving into her next role. And she's like, well, what do I do? Complete imposter syndrome, doesn't know where to start, unaware of what her skill set is, even though she's been adding so much value in the role that she's been doing for 15 years. And I really, really enjoy doing that. So that's why I will always try to help when I can, if I can, women in groups like Careering Into Motherhood, because people think it's complicated and it's not. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some top tricks and uh, tips and tricks that you can give the women who are watching or listening to this today on how they can leverage LinkedIn in order to return to work or change careers or start a business. So what, what would you say are the five things you've got to do on LinkedIn just to get yourself up, to, up, and, up and running and make it work for you? Okay, let me make it three. I'm okay, let's make it three. Three is better than five. Really simple. So number one, the profile. And I know I'm not going to delve into the profile necessarily and saying, but I think the most important thing on LinkedIn is your profile. So whether you promote yourself, whether you share your profile, people will find your profile. It is LinkedIn is the largest professional networking site in the world. We have 26 million people in the UK who have profiles, whether you like it or not, people will recruiters and headhunters and line managers will look at your LinkedIn profile. So if you haven't taken ownership of your profile and made it exactly like you want it to look like and robust and say all the things about how you add value and what you do in your career, then there is no point using LinkedIn. I love that. I love that. And on the Social Media Magic course, we teach women how to um, make their cover and we teach them how to write their profile, um, you know, the text and also how to make sure that they've got the line next to their name um, that explains what they do and or what they're looking for. Um, and also we talk about making sure that they have a picture with a smile because it looks, yeah. uh, they get look and a professional picture. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that all roads lead to Rome. There is no point commenting, liking, liking, applying to a job, connecting with somebody if you have a bad profile. Because yeah. the first thing, the number one thing that people do on LinkedIn is look at the profile. That has been and still is the number one activity that people do is look at profiles. So if your profile is not representing you in the way that you need it to, then there's no point in doing anything else. So the first thing you need to do is have a great profile. And we can spend an age talking about the most important things you can do, but you mentioned some of them right now. Good picture, background image, good headline, and experience um, that explains what you do concisely and really shows the value that you add. People tend to fall into the trap, I think, like just writing their role and responsibilities, almost like a job description. No, not interesting. It's really got to be how you have helped the company that you've been working for. Whether you're working in a shop or you're working in a big corporate organization, show the value that you add so people can see exactly what you offer. So yeah, I love that. And I'm just reading a book at the moment called Stories That Stick. And she talks about how important it is to tell stories. And I know we're talking about someone's experience, but if you can relay a story or a case study as part of your experience, rather than just saying, you know, I did this and I did that and I did this, that will stick with people a little bit more. Um, that's really interesting. So number one, make sure your profile is like up to speed, right? Okay. Number two, what can, we, what can you do? Network. 
So the connections. So it's all very well. You've got a great profile, but if you're not connected to anybody, then you're basically sitting in the corner and nobody knows you. So you have to connect with people. So if you make sure that you're connected to everybody that you know in the real world in a professional context. So think about the people that were sitting around you at the desk that you had before or in the environment that you were working before. Are you connected to them on LinkedIn? Are there, you know, cross-functional teams, peers, partners, suppliers, those mums at, at school who have jobs, like and maybe work for interesting companies that you maybe one day want to work for too. Connect people that you met at a dinner party who actually do something really interesting. It's well, I've noticed now people don't give their card anymore. They just say, hey, can I find you on LinkedIn? Exactly. And there's all these really cool tools to actually just find someone in your local area. You know, you yeah. can like the, you can just turn on the radar and it's like, here's all the people that I'm standing next to and you can just connect with them that way. Exactly. So um, that's really interesting too. So number one, make sure your profile is working. Number two, make sure you're networking and make sure you're asking people, you know, to connect because you're right because you don't know where that's going to lead and you have actually physically met them in person. And it's not just about connecting with people, but it's also about following companies. So make sure like if you're thinking of, if you're looking for your next opportunity, are there five, 10, 15 companies that you'd really like to work for? If so, follow those companies because that way that you'll be getting their content in your newsfeed, you'll see the latest roles that they advertise online. You can actually start to familiarize yourself with what they're doing in their business. So don't just connect with people, but follow companies. And also, you know, you could find the senior person within that department and try and connect with them. See if that recruiters generally don't want to connect with all of their candidates and it's understandable why, but maybe a line manager would, if you're like a really great L and D person and you've been working in a competitor organization, if I'm a line manager hiring for my L and D team, sure. I'd want to connect with you. So don't just connect with people, connect with companies and connect with people within those organizations. So those are kind of in the term, in the realm of connecting. Don't sit in the corner on your own, connect with more people. That's and number three, what's the third thing you should be doing? Third thing is content. So raise your head above the parapet. It doesn't have to be, you know, don't have to have a personal content strategy, none of that. All you need to do is like, comment, share content. So you've got all these people, you've got a great profile, but if people don't know you're there, then they'll never know. So if you like, comment, share, you will appear in other people's news feeds. They'll start, if you've been work a while and you haven't been in the job market, they may have forgotten about you. They may not realize what you're doing now. They may not know, probably don't, that you're available. So if you like, comment, share, get their LinkedIn mobile app, takes five minutes a day, literally go onto your LinkedIn newsfeed and like, comment and share content. And that way people will start to go, oh, okay, yeah, I know that person. I remember Laura Fox. What's she doing now? And actually you'll start to see more people clicking on your profile. So I think that's the perfect storm, having a great profile, connecting with more people and actually raising your head above the parapet through content is a great way to kind of expose yourself to more opportunities and to more people. And then those opportunities to network your way into a role will come. Definitely. And it's really interesting because on our LinkedIn section of our course, we teach how to write articles and we teach how powerful video is um, and how far video goes. And of course, it takes a while for women to get the confidence to do video. But if you have something to say and if it fits within the professional context of LinkedIn, 
videos are doing very, very well. Um, I don't know if you follow Shay Robottom. She's my favorite kind of LinkedIn video star, um, but she's a really fun person to follow. But we had a we had a woman who wrote an article, um, who just who literally wrote her first articles, um, put it onto to LinkedIn, and um, got a huge response from people who knew her. And you know, it was all about um, the the science behind you know the transformation that you might have in life. And it, she gave an analogy of a butterfly and she had all these great quotes and it really meant a lot to a lot of people. And she really did reconnect with a lot of people. So, um, and she was very nervous about doing her first LinkedIn article, but the article did very, very well. And it got a lot of response. And I think, you know, there's, there's different things you can do um, between articles, but I, and posting and liking and commenting, but I think you're right, making your presence uh, be known really is important. And, um, and also, if you know you want to work in sustainability, then those are the kinds of things you're liking, commenting and sharing, because it builds up when people think of sustainability, they think of you, you know, yeah. so it's also be talking about and, and, you know, I do a lot when I talk on LinkedIn, I do a lot of stuff around women empowerment and entrepreneurship. And, you know, so I'm not necessarily, I'm not commenting on absolutely everything, no. but I'm quite specific about what I comment on and, and exactly. who I promote and all that good stuff. But I think, yeah, if you, if you know what you're, where, what direction you want to go in and what companies you want to connect with and what people you want to connect with, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. I often say to people, some of the hardest thing to do when, on social sites, including LinkedIn, is to have a point of view because people are slightly afraid to give their point of view these days because there's trolls and there's this. But LinkedIn isn't like that. I mean, LinkedIn is very self-policing because it's set within a professional context. You're not going to be slammed for saying something. You know, keep it professional, keep it positive. You know, I think positivity is a great way to present yourself. You know, I have people in my network who are always you know, very negative and, you know, straight away it creates a, a bad impression. But stay positive and, yeah, stay, comment on the things that you're interested in. It's a really great way forward. I will tell you one story. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should, but there was an event in Oxford and they, it was a marketing event and they had a lineup of speakers and they were all male. They were all pale and and the and the invitation came through and i i didn't make the connection with who was running it it was actually a woman running the event and i screenshotted the invitation and i stuck it up on linkedin and i tagged all of the speakers in it and i was like hey guys don't you think you should like encourage the event to bring in some equality and diversity you know with gender and you know and race and actually, the, the guy, he was a big wig guy, one of the speakers, and they actually flew a gal in from Ireland to go on and speak at this event because of that. So, and I did it in a positive way. I wasn't like, can you believe this? There's no man, but I, or there's no women or there's no diversity. But I did say, this is like, it's like 2019. Like, why is this happening that we're having an event and there's only pale males doing it you know let's get some let's get some you know diversity and equality going on here and and it did change the event they did bring in this woman and i you know and 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 i felt it was it felt a little bit controversial but the number of views it got and the number of comments it got and the number of reactions it got which it prompted a private email from the person who was running the event to go hey 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 hang on i'm a woman i'm running the event it was a total oversight don't call me out in public and i was like i didn't mean to but it was an easy place to do it. And, and actually, because I was able to tag the speakers, because you can tag anyone, you know, because if you share an article, you can tag the CEO of whatever company it is. So yeah. you have to be careful about how you do that. You don't want to have a bad reputation. You want to do it in a positive way. But I remember being scared to death about doing it 
but in the end it changed it changed the event and it, and it, made, it raised some awareness and part of my job in the role that I do is to promote uh, gender equality and um, racial diversity uh, well and you know of course there's all sorts of diversity that we have to include now and should include um, that goes into LGBTQ and everything else but that's part of my job as a female founder of a tech company is to make sure that we're moving forwards on this um, gosh it was really really great to talk to you thank you for those great tips just to wrap it up those three tips were get your profile up to speed make sure it says what you want it to say about you Make sure you're out there meeting with people, asking for their LinkedIn um, you know, to profile to connect with them, and then start commenting, liking, and sharing on stuff that you're interested in and that you want to kind of you know, get involved in. Yep, perfect. Brilliant, and it's a great place to look for jobs. It's a great place to look for jobs. It can be disheartening if all you're doing is just applying for jobs cold. And I've met so many people who said, oh, I've applied for 50, 100, 150 jobs, and I'm not getting anything back. That's really soul destroying. And, and, I, and that is not my suggestion in how you approach it. I think you need to network your way into a job. I love that. I love that. That is so good. I think we need to do a whole nother interview with you about this. Uh, we have a big series on going back to work coming up later on this year. So I would love to um, get another hour with you, a proper hour to really go deep on that. So, um, but I agree with you. I think, I think if you just apply for jobs and you're not networking, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Most people get that. jobs through. I think they've been out of the workplace for a while and they're already feeling despondent about their, their opportunities. It just creates such a negative like feeling for them. I'm never going to get anywhere. And then they, they just retreat. And actually it's not their fault. I always say it's not you, it's them. It's not you. It's, or it's not you. It's them. I just think with bots and algorithms and AI doing all the work of recruiters, it's not you, it's them. Yeah. Totally. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for your time, Laura. And I do look forward to having you on hopefully later on this year to talk about how to do that a little bit deeper um, and how to network with people and how to get those jobs. But I think you're 100% right. And what a privilege to get to speak to you. Um, I hope you have a great day and we'll speak again soon. Okay. Thanks so much for having me on. Nice to meet you.